forever. Dog. She was the last. This week on the podcast, Peter Beagle's The Last Unicorn. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses why Pulp Fiction. We are continuing Fantasy February. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we are covering The Last Unicorn, the fantasy classic by Peter S. Beagle. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hooray! Love the book. So held up for me. Loved the book. So it good. completely holds up. It's so beautiful and like it's heartbreaking in its beauty yes um and funny mm-hmm. very and funny. original mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love it i love it so much <laughs> I, love it. I love like and i and i love the kind of like theses of this book and uh never-ending story kind of focusing on like the beauty of the ability to love and like how much power that has like that is so it's just you know the the world right now can be very like dark and like i've kind of been in my own writing like very uh obsessed with like very dark themes um and like reading these two i was like oh there's there's something so and this book and kind of moved me to tears a little more uh than um never-ending story possibly because of hormonally where i was <laughs> um <laughs> it is also a touching book but that is um surprising for me just because i cried at never-ending story and i i did get misty at this because i didn't weep i just got misty yeah i just got misty but i mean i was i guess i got equally misty i think i was just surprised that i got misty at the last unicorn because you know, it was it was being getting misty over the beauty of the story and like mm-hmm. the ideas rather than like, oh, this is really sad or heartbreaking. Gotcha. Yeah. So I was like, oh, like it just felt very, I, it's I don't just, know. like so poignant. Yes. And just like the whole like last bit for the uh, uh, unicorn's story is just so beautiful. And I felt like, and I love the movie so, so, so much, but I do like the book a lot better. It's just fuller, I think. Yeah, fuller. Everyone's fuller. You really get the wit of it. Um, You get the comedy more. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. Um, It it just has more, like, shades, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, because yeah, I agree. It's it's even better than the movie, and I love 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 the movie, and I think it's a great adaptation. And he wrote the screenplay for it. Yeah, I love the I love the movie, and it, it is an excellent adaptation. And perhaps it is because he wrote the screenplay that it's the like the spirit of the book is very much in the movie. Um, however, I just I just loved the extra like a lot more humor with the prince that we get. Uh, Prince Lear in the book, his poetry. I mean, I just I thought that was hilarious. And it makes all of that other stuff right. Like him, like everyone was just so well fleshed out. Like he's he's yeah, even though you only meet them for like a moment, Mm -hmm. some of the characters, 
they're so clearly defined. Yeah. And so well written that you know them immediately. You don't even need that much time with them. Because that was the thing with him. Like when he, you know, he sees her, he falls in love with her and he's like writing all this poetry for her. And she, I, I also loved, I loved that it wasn't, oh, well, he's doing all this stuff for her. So she has to be with him. You know, yeah, it was, I loved that. And I love that he was very much like, that. like, um, kind of judging him for it. It's like, well, if you really loved her, you would like chill the fuck out. And then the second yeah. he does that, the second he stops asking so much of her mm-hmm. is when it happens. And it does, I mean, it coincides with her becoming more and more human, but mm-hmm. um, they do actually share a moment it's not just like well you're a man and i'm a woman yeah yeah and when she starts to forget who she was and is like i don't want to remember who i was because then i won't love you as much and he at first is like okay and then he's like you know what i can't i can't take that away from you like i was like oh my god he truly is a hero yeah <laughs> I like how, and I, I like Lear's arc. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you're right. It's like Lear is better in the book because he gets an arc. In the movie, he's just like, I'm a doof. La, la, la. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this, he gets an arc of he starts off this like cowardly nothing. And we actually mm-hmm. see him before we have any idea who he is. And he's like yeah. just chilling and reading a magazine for yeah. one thing. I love how anachronistic this book is because it, it all feels like it takes place in like the 14th or 13th century. And then there will be these little hit, like the butterfly sings, take the a train. Yeah. And other yeah. modern songs. And, um, and captain Cully offers Spendrick a taco and is talking mm-hmm. about John Henry. And it's like, when does this take place? Yeah. Um, but he starts off really cowardly mm-hmm. and-, and just like a layabout and like not, no direction. Not anything. Yeah. He's just like a big nothing of a human and he knows it. And then he meets her and he's like, okay, well, to be with her, I like, she's like a lady and so I have to be a hero. And he just like is like doing the math of it. Mm-hmm. And he keeps killing, killing creatures and going on quests. And he goes on really a lot of them. A lot. <laughs> like, way more time passes in the book than it seems to pass in the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and and she just does not give a shit because she's a unicorn, and and he keeps killing mythical creatures, and she's like, "Why would I want you to do this?" And like his horse gets injured in a fight, he gets burned when he's fighting a dragon, the and the horse dies, and she immediately hears about the horse, and she's like, "What did you just say? Mm-hmm, Take mm-hmm. me to the horse! Take me to the horse!" And she tries to lay hands on the horse to heal it, and he's like, "Why did you expect to be able to heal a horse? What's going on?" Mm-hmm. and and then because he's play acting as a hero, he just becomes a hero. When I also love that like her unicornness, right? Like teaches him more humanity almost, right? Because a lot of times like if we distill like a lot of times humanity is very inhumane. And so like when he brings her the dragon's head and he's like, well, first, it just like, you know, it was like a dragon's head and I felt really heroic and I show it to her and she looked at me and I realized like I'm holding like the head of a creature and it just is like this gore Super and gross. it's yeah. awful. And he's like, I don't like that. I felt like that. 
but it does change him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, like, I was just like, that is so – and then, oh, my God, just, like, all this stuff, like, at the end – I mean, I know we're skipping a lot because – I imagine most of the listeners know the story of the last unicorn. Yeah. Um, but we can go over it briefly. Sure. But I, I say skip to the end and talk about it and we'll – Yeah. I just, like, the – I love, 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 love also – because, like, Schmendrick is kind of our lens a little bit. I love Schmendrick so much more in this book. I love Schmendrick so, so much. I love him so fucking much. He's so pathetic. <laughs> yes. And I love Molly Grew. Like, I love her I, even more. I love her. Ugh. Like, okay, I, the part that I got really misty was when she first sees the unicorn. And she's yes. like, how could you come to me like this when I'm this? I waited for you and I waited for you. And yeah, young girls are supposed to see a unicorn and you never came for me. How dare was, you? And it's just like, that's such a I've feeling. I've always loved that moment so much. I and Schmendrick's like movie. so confused. He do, he can't understand it because it's just, it's not for him. It's not. No. It was never like a birthright, so to speak, of his. No. So he doesn't understand what's taking place between them. And she's able to touch the unicorn and he can't bring himself to. And I, he's so jealous. Well, I, I know I love that, that detail in in the book because he is cursed by Mama or by Mommy Fortuna. So he and the guy that ends up getting eaten uh, by the uh, Ruck, uh, I think. Yeah, Ruck. Yeah. So he and Ruck are cursed by Mommy Fortuna that they cannot touch the unicorn by their hands. Oh, yeah. I didn't connect it to that. Yeah. I thought all yeah. of her magic was dead. No, no. So that's why he can't touch her. So like the part where he's like, like he's so jealous. Yeah, he's so jealous because, and and he he like even is like oh, she's like flaunting. She's like touching the unicorn a bunch in front of me. Like yeah. it was like <laughs> like okay, Schmendrick. Like, like you're being a little narcissistic. <laughs> I think she's just touching her. Yeah, this is not about you, and you keep making it about no. you. And I love his. Oh my god! And then at the end when like um. Uh, the unicorn is back to being a unicorn and she's free and she has already healed Lear and she uh, touches his head for his wound. And that's another thing that didn't happen in the movie, which I was like, oh, so she touches his head for his wound to heal him. And then she touches his heart for him to show like, I remember you. And mm-hmm. like, and also for her. Yes. And then so and then so he's like, uh, he's like really upset because she's leaving and uh, Schmendrick and Molly are like, well, you know, now he can be a hero because you can't be a hero unless you have like a really tragic backstory. Yeah. And they keep <laughs> saying kind of like break the fourth wall type stuff. Like, yeah, it's, one- it's a little bit like the never ending story in yes. that way. It's commenting on the story as it's happening. Because I love that, like, there's a point where Molly's like, well, that's not fair. And <laughs> Schmendrick's like, haven't you ever been in a story, in a storybook before? Fairy like, tale, yeah. <laughs> fairy tale before. Like, of course we have to do it like that. Yeah. It's like we can't um, we can't let it go unfinished. Yeah. And eventually it's Lear who realizes that the most. And I liked how so at the end when when Amalthea, which is the unicorn in human form for those who are maybe lost, um, she she's like, No, I don't want to go. I just want to stay here with you. And he's like, Yeah, okay. And I then Schmendrick's like, Yeah, sure, that's fine. You'll both have your uh happily ever after right now. We can stop here. And that's what, and he's doing that on purpose, which you don't realize in the moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Molly Grew calls him out on it. She's like, 
why did you do that? You reminded him that he was a hero because the second he says, yeah, you can have your happily ever after now. And Lear as the story's hero is like, fuck, we can't have it now. This isn't the happily ever after. There would still be unicorns in the sea. This is the middle of the story. You can't have happily ever after in the middle of this story. And fuck, I got cast as the hero. And so I have to fucking help. Free- God damn it. All right, yeah. let's go. And so it, it is, it's a commentary on fairy tales while somehow not being ironic. It's like Scream. It's so it's, the, it's, it's a commentary yes. on the thing yeah. while very much being the thing. Yeah. And it's a very successful uh, implementation of that. Mm-hmm. I also loved too, right? Like, so the whole time Lear is like, I'm the hero, I'm the hero, I'm the hero. And he's like, this has to happen at this time for this to be, you know, whatever. And then... By the end of the story, when Schmendrick and uh, and Molly are kind of like going off on their own and they're like, OK, well, now he has to start his story as this hero because now he has this tragic backstory mm-hmm. and now there's he like has this- to be king. So it's like kind of like, oh, but maybe he wasn't the he like maybe he wasn't the hero of this of this story encapsulated as we see it. Well, he was like, the hero of this story but this isn't his hero exactly exactly yeah Yeah. and so i loved that kind of like because like he felt it it was the end of her story she got her happy ending the unicorn got her happy ending because that was her fairy tale and he had to play his part within that Mm -hmm. but now he has to go have a different story with a new princess which was the girl that comes up to them and is like (laughs) and they're like you got the wrong guy because Schmendrick, after they save the day, and Lear's like, I really don't feel like being king. And again, Schmendrick's like, mm, I'm so sorry, but like, that's who you are now. And so you have to. Well, I like that he's like, do it. He's like, okay, you don't have to yet. Let's just like ride we'll just around on our horses your land. and just see what your land is like and see if you feel like being king. And knowing full well that because Lear is a hero and like against his will practically at this point. Yeah. Um he And that like the unicorn he, has brought life back to the land. Yeah, he sees that he has to now help shepherd the land into like mm-hmm. full recovery now that King Haggard is dead. Um but Schmendrick tells him, um, like no, now you're king. This is this is what happens next in your story. I'm sorry if you don't like it, but this is what happens next, and you're gonna like encounter some princess, and she'll have like these brothers who are like holding her captive for gold, or like maybe her brothers are being held captive, but like there's gonna be some sort of like tragic story for her that you're gonna be a part of, and then this princess <laughs> comes by and sees Schmendrick. It's like the very end of the book um let me see if i can find it because it the way it's written is so funny it's very funny because it it's just very like uh help me okay here's an outline of like another book um that's what's happening with me right now yeah and- <laughs> <laughs> Here, so so he's already basically spelled out like no there's gonna be another princess like you're done with the unicorn i'm so sorry and now you'll encounter somebody else and you have to be a hero to her. And then they part ways with Lear. Schmendrick and Molly are, are traveling. And then, and then, so it says, they began their new journey, which took them in its time in and out of the most of the folds of the sweet, wicked, 
wrinkled world and so at last to their own strange and wonderful destiny. And then not 10 minutes out, they meet a maiden. Her dress is torn and smirched. (laughs) She goes, a rescue, she cried to him, a rescue. And ye be a man of metal and sympathy, aid me now. I hight the princess Alison Jocelyn, daughter to good King Giles, and him foully murdered by his brother, the bloody Duke Wolf, who had taken my three brothers, the princess Corrin, Colin, and Calvin, and cast them into a fell prison as hostages that I will wed with his fat son, the Lord Dudley. But I bribed the sentinel and stopped the dogs. But Schmendrick the magician raised his hand and fell silent, staring up at him in wonder out of wide lilac eyes. Fair princess, he said gravely to her. The man you want just went that way. (laughs) And she goes and and chases after Lear and they're like, oh, good. Mm. It's very cute. And it's very funny. Um, I I found a part because we were kind of talking about Lear's like uh, characterization. And I found like just first of all, I loved this too. Right. That like he I love that like he's basically at the beginning just potential. And is just like stagnating in this like just really fucked up castle <laughs> with his like <laughs> creepy dad. And like the second that like Molly and Schmendrick and Lady Amalthea, nay, the last unicorn, uh, come in there, he's like he he's just like perfectly kind and like like willing to help. Like I loved the small detail of him helping Molly make the stew. Like that he's peeling potatoes. Mm-hmm. And um, he like really becomes friends with Molly Grew, and he like hangs out where she uh, cooks uh, in the kitchen and like writes poetry and like has her about Amalthea and has her like read it and note it. And <laughs> there's a part where he's like, oh, okay, and he's like, uh, so he he's he's. Telling her, you know, I, I'm not going to give up being a hero. Uh, I it's suppose like, I'm going to do it part time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I suppose I'll keep my hand in, he muttered. But it wouldn't be for the show of it or for her to find out. It was like that at first. But you get into the habit of rescuing people, breaking enchantments, challenging the wicked duke in fair combat. It's hard to give up being a hero once you get used to it. Do you like the first poem? And it, you can tell it's terrible because Molly oh, grew so is bad. like, it certainly has a lot of feeling, she said. <laughs> Can you really rhyme bloomed and ruined? And he's like, it's, it needs a bit of smoothing out, Prince Lear admitted. Miracle's the word I'm worried about. I was wondering about grackle myself. No, the spelling. Is it one R and two L's or the other way around? Like, I just thought that was like a very cute. Oh, and then he's like, <laughs> so then he like writes his poems and then like the other knights come in and he's like embarrassed. So he leaves. And he's like, he's like moping around the castle and being like, okay, like, I shouldn't have signed the work. I think I should use a pen name like Knight of the Shadows or Le Chevalier Malami, (laughs) which is like so silly. So stupid. It's very cute. So funny. And I also laughed every because he's like talking to her and he's like, I don't know. She just won't look at me and blah, blah, blah. And she'll interrupt with like. Well, I know. And she'll start to tell a story about her life. And Lear will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Amalthea (laughs) will not let her talk about herself. He's so selfish. I know. I know. Well, And I think he's also just kind of dim because he's like, he's like, I don't see how your story will help me understand my situation. Yeah. So (laughs) So it just doesn't seem relevant right now. (laughs) Um, So like if we could get back to my poetry, because it's very important. (laughs) 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I also love, too, the, um, like, I loved Lady oh, Amalfia. Oh, oh. oh, go ahead. Um, just a, a quick Lear thing. Um, when they first meet, this passage is so beautiful. Um, so they first get to the castle. Um, the unicorn is freshly turned into Amalfia. Mm-hmm. And they get inside. Um, and King Haggard and Prince Lear reveal they they were acting as the sentinels of the castle that. because he's got a, like a very bare bones staff, and <laughs> they reveal themselves to be who they are, and this is so beautiful. So, hi, said Prince Lear. Glad to meet you. His smile wriggled at their feet like a hopeful puppy, but his eyes, a deep shadowy blue behind stubby lashes, rested quietly on the eyes of the Lady Amalthea. She looked back at him, silent as a jewel, seeing him no more truly than men see unicorns. But the prince felt strangely, happily certain, that she had looked him round and through and down into caverns that he had never known were there, where her glance echoed and sang. Prodigies began to waken somewhere southwest of his twelfth rib, and he himself, still mirroring the Lady Amalthea, began to shine. I love that. And I also love the humor in that beauty, like in that beautiful statement, right? Like, yeah, it's because she's like, okay. And he's like, (laughs) she's like, she doesn't see him at all. She's like, okay, I see a form there. Nothing more. And he's like, oh my God, she's seen the deepest caverns of my yeah. soul he's like for he's thine like, no. have traveled thine have repelled down the cavern of my soul <laughs> now i know myself better that she saw me <laughs> and she's just like uh-huh. okay <laughs> but it is so beautiful that like he because he felt seen he was more beautiful you know mm-hmm. i love that yeah because it doesn't matter that she didn't see him yeah. Oh, here's so th- us talking about Lear and how he's doing all these deeds, but like it's it's demanding things of her, and and he doesn't get her just because he wants her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Molly is like a big old softy, and she's like, "Could you just like be nice to him?" Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "Molly said he wishes you to think of him." Knights and princes know only one way to be remembered. It's not his fault. I think he does very well. The Lady Amalthea turned her eyes to the cat again, her long fingers twisted at a seam of the satin gown. No, he does not want my thoughts, she said softly. He wants me, as much as the Red Bull did, and with no more understanding. But he frightens me even more than the Red Bull, because he has a kind heart. No, I will never speak a promising word to him. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. 
He just wants her and doesn't get why. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the cat, I felt felt like the cat, this is going to be my one criticism of the movie, The Last Unicorn. Same, same, same. The cat should not have been a fucking pirate. Why was the cat a pirate? Why is he a pirate? And he talked all the time. All the The time. The cat in here is so much better. He's, I love the cat in here. I, I love too. the cat. So much I, better. The cat I in the movie the always bugged me. He's like so much. He is a cartoon character in a movie that is animated, but which otherwise contains no cartoon characters, if that makes sense. Yes. No, he's he's like in the Black Cauldron. He's fucking he's that nasty little like I hate that character. I do, the too. Little, the little guy in in in. In last in Black Cauldron, you know what I'm talking about? No, I just thought you meant the cat again. <laughs> oh, I hate the cat character. No, I, I've actually, I've probably seen Black Cauldron, but I don't remember it. I was probably little. Uh, it was pretty scary. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like during that scary time for Disney. When they, you know what I mean? When they were <laughs> they like were trying it's the to 80s. be Hensony. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, why don't we do this like creepy, like, like Skeleton King guy and like. All, all this other stuff. It was it was pretty scary. It was pre Howard Ashman. There was this. There's this like little like dog type guy that like talks and like baby talk and like scuttles around and like Off-putting. is just very like golemy. I was like, this is disgusting. Get this creature out of here. I hate him <laughs> so fucking much. It's just like, and it didn't fit the rest of the movie. So it feels. It's just like, why do we have this character? I liked that the cat in the book was like. Oh, I could always talk, but I never felt like it. But like, sh- she makes me feel like talking. And oh my God, him wanting to be petted by her and yes. refusing to let himself be petted by her. Because then she would own him. Yes. And cats like don't want to be owned. Yep. I was like, oh my God. So fucking cool. <laughs> it, it was so cool. Um, I... I also, oh, that's the other thing that I, I was... Okay, this is another criticism, actually, but I don't know how they would have done it in the movie, mm-hmm. but not including, um, like, the old age thing in Mommy Fortuna's... Uh, oh, Mommy Fortuna's role in the carnival? Yeah. As like, age itself? Yeah. Yeah. I I loved that being in the... Yeah. It, and then being like, your death is in that cage. Speaking of... Mommy Fortuna herself, rather than, and in the movie they make it so that she's that uh, the, the um, unicorn's talking about the harpy. Yeah, yeah, I really liked, and I that's a detail of the book that I didn't remember f- before this last reread. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's very cool that uh, Mommy Fortuna is herself in the carnival acting as another mythical creature. Mm-hmm. Just and um, when. The unicorn looks at her. She can feel mortality. She can feel herself aging. And it's a cool foreshadowing of like, I can feel this body dying around me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, I loved mm, the spider. Oh, my God. The spider broke the my spider. fucking heart. Let me see if I can the find that. I'm sure that I took a photo. Right? No. Oh, I did. Okay. Oh, I did. It's fine. Oh, I did. I did it. Um, okay, I didn't, but I can find it. <laughs> because there, and I think, is the spider in the movie? No. You just rewatched. Yeah, so that's another thing I miss being in the movie is one of the creatures in the carnival 
is a spider that Mommy Fortuna has put a spell on to um to appear to be Arachne weaving a web of the universe. Mm-hmm. And the spider is the only one who believes the spell herself. Of of the um of the other creatures. Because mm-hmm. all the creatures, as you probably know, are not actually mythical creatures except for the unicorn and the harpy. Mm-hmm. And Mommy Fortuna like does magic to that basically it's like a appearance magic that makes people that would want to see something magical see it. Mm-hmm. And in this case, the spider believes the magic as well. Which my jerk is telling the unicorn, you see, the spider believes. She sees those cat's cradles herself and thinks them her own work. Belief makes all the difference to magic like Mommy Fortuna's. Why, if that troop of witlings withdrew their wonder, there'd be nothing left of all her witchery but the sound of a spider weeping, and no one would hear it. And then they escape, and of course, it's <laughs> minor. <laughs> looking, 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 looking. Oh, yeah, and she stays at the carnival for a little longer than in the movie. Yeah, and then there's like a whole section after that that's like not in the movie either. Like in the movie, they go straight from there to being captured by Cullen or Jingle Jangle and Cullen. Whereas like in the in the book, they go to like a a little village and like meet the mayor and this Which like very, very rich funny <laughs> town, and then get captured by Jingle Jangle and go to Cullen. Which I think is fine. Like, I liked that part, but that's an okay omission for time for a For movie. sure. Yeah, you can't include every part. And that was, like, while a fun bit of color, not necessary to the right. core story. Um, so they escaped the unicorn. So they fled across the night together, step by step, the tall man in black and the horned white beast. The magician crept as close to the unicorn's light as he dared. For beyond it moved hungry shadows, the shadows of the sounds that the harpy made as she destroyed the little there was to destroy of the midnight carnival. But another sound followed them long after these had faded, followed them into morning on a strange road, the tiny dry sound of a spider weeping. I was like, no. Very Are you sad. serious? We were so straight up sad. told that that was going to happen and then it still broke my heart I know, when it happened. I know. Because so like when the uh, when the locks are undone, basically, the magic is lifted and then the animals can just leave and they they can be what they really are, uh, which is like a uh, chimpanzee with a twisted foot is the satyr, the and it's like dog as, as in the movie. Dude, when you were a kid, I wonder if this bothered you as much as it bothered me when I was a kid and I watched this movie, I remember hating hating the fake horn on the unicorn when she was trapped yeah it looks like shit i was like that horn looks like shit it's like why is it like all fluffy around the edges like what is that why doesn't it look like a fucking horn yeah i was like why does it curve upward like a blade like i was like this is bullshit this is a bad horn (laughs) and i i remember like being so mad at mommy fortuna for just like making a bad horn like i was like this is ugly (laughs) No, I did. I felt the same. I was like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> why do they, like, why wouldn't she create a horn that looks like a fucking horn? Also, I was like, why is it blue? Like, I was yeah, just like, it's like not a horn. <laughs> <laughs> no one hearing a horn like one. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, um, I loved, I, like, Captain Coley in the movie is fun, mm-hmm. but in the book is so fun. 
because yeah. he's so pathetic and he writes all of his own ballads about his legendary feats of which there are none. All of his mm-hmm. men are so annoyed by him because they don't steal from the rich and give to the poor and they all really want to. Well, and I love too that like all of that buildup makes the payoff of Robin Hood appearing that much it yeah. hits harder yeah. because like you can see that he's trying to mythologize himself and he's and and you know he's very hypocritical like he yells when when Robin Hood comes he's like no Robin Hood's not like real like we're we're the legend I'm the legend and everyone's like wait for me Maid Mary yeah. wait for me <laughs> right. I want it um, um so I so loved that. I loved yeah. the detail. So Cully is obsessed with writing these ballads about himself and they're all fake. And he forces his minstrel to sing them. And and then it <laughs> so so this is um just how he's talking about his songs. Um so he says, uh I said that there were several songs about me. There are 31 to be exact, though none are in the child's collection just at present. His eyes widened suddenly, and he grasped the magician's shoulders. Oh, I love You wouldn't this. be Mr. Child himself now, would you? He demanded. He often goes seeking ballads, so I've heard, disguised as a plain man. Schmendrick shook his head. No, I'm very sorry, really. The captain sighed and released him. It doesn't matter, he murmured. One always hopes, of course, even now, to be collected, to be verified, annotated, to have variant versions, even to have one's authenticity doubted. Well, well, never mind. Sing the other songs, Willie Lad. You'll need the practice one day when your field recorded. <laughs> and I was like, recorded on what? <laughs> and then later, um, Molly Grew says, you wrote them all yourself. Cully winced and stole a side glance at, Ms- at Schmendrick. They can still be folk songs, can't they, Mr. Child? He asked in a low, worried voice. After all, I'm not Mr. Child, Schmendrick said. Really, I'm not. I mean, you can't leave epic events to the people. They get everything wrong. <laughs> it's I so pathetic. Really, I loved that, like, how he was like, yeah, yeah, okay, you're not. And then he was like, wait. But we you are. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. It touches the side of his nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved that. It's just really endearing. All the characters are so endearing. They really are. They really are. I... I, I loved all of them. They're all so I don't you can just tell that like the author saw them as real people and therefore wrote them as real people. You know what I mean? Like full fully understood who these people were. Um instead of just being like, okay, and then there's like a fucking what, like a guy and he's yeah. like in the way and like so it felt <laughs> and he's in the way. It just felt really I don't know. It, I really, really loved this book. Oh, the part that like also like very much moved me was when the unicorn is uh running all around at the end <laughs> running 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 she's running 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 uh and but it's like she's like i don't know if i'm going to go back i don't know what i'm going to do because she's different than any other unicorn oh this is another small detail that like not to like note the movie the last unicorn which is insane but like (laughs) just like a small detail that i felt was very helpful at in the book that answered a question that i had always had about the movie when i was a kid was why she didn't know like the history of unicorns and why she wouldn't know that she's the last because unicorns are solitary and they pretty much just hang out by themselves in their forests and glades and 
uh, protect the land around them and they don't really leave. Um, like I remember being really confused when that guy's like, oh, she's the last. And she's like, I am the last unicorn. And I remember being like, what? Why doesn't she know? Oh, I feel like I got that. Really? I don't yeah. think I did as a as a kid. I remember being like, how could she not know? Because that's the other thing is I think in the movie. Oh, in the movie, they show them like gallivanting yeah, together. Together, which I was like, well, then why is she alone? Is she an exile? Yeah. Is she a bad unicorn? Like, we're, <laughs> like, I was really confused by that because because of the portrayal of the unicorns, like playing around in the field together and yeah. stuff. I was like, well, why is she alone? No, that's a good point. And I think that also add like helps to create like that helps to communicate the like very like ethereal and kind of like Dr. Manhattan-y vibe of unicorns in general <laughs> that they're like, you know, they're like not they're pretty indifferent with, to yeah. all things but themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dr. Manhattan. -y. Well, they are like they're just like <laughs> no. I totally na, that's na, na. a good that's yeah. a good reference. Well, because like they're immortal, so they're like, why would I care about like a human or whatever? Like I'm, but at doing the same time, thing. like it's part of their nature to want to visit a young maiden. I know that's just like, and, like part lay of on the their deal lap. in this world. Um. Oh, the moment I think it's. I think like played a little bit more dramatically in the movie when Molly Grew sees the unicorn for the first time and not in a bad way. And I think mm -hmm. it's it makes sense because you're just like not getting as much of the description of the book. Mm -hmm. But um, so she sees the unicorn and she's like immediately like, where have you been? Damn you. Where have you been? And Schmendrick's like, hey, you can't talk to her like that. <laughs> well, I like how at first Schmendrick's like me and she's like, ignores him yeah. and like keeps talking to the unicorn <laughs> um when like no schmendrick not fucking yeah, you not what are you talking about unicorn right there um <laughs> and so so it says but molly pushed him aside and went up to the unicorn scolding her as though she were a strayed milk cow where have you been before the whiteness and the shining horn molly shrank to a shrilling beetle but this time it was the unicorn's old dark eyes that looked down i'm here now she said at last. Molly laughed with her lips flat. And what good is it to me that you're here now? Where were you 20 years ago, 10 years ago? How dare you? How dare you come to me now when I am this? With a flap of her hand, she summed herself up, barren face, desert eyes, and yellowing heart. I wish you had never come. Why do you come now? The tears began to slide down the sides of her nose. I just loved that description of Molly. Yes. Barren face, Desert, Desert eyes, eyes and yellowing heart. It's just yeah. heartbreaking. And then mm -hmm. she just gets more and more like beautiful mm -hmm. as they go. And she's touching the unicorn whenever she feels scared or lonely. And Schmendrick keeps eyeing her like, you fucking bitch. Well, I also love the moment because like Schmendrick kind of starts to see her beauty. And he's yeah. like kind of falling for her a little bit. And I love the moment where uh, Molly Grew is like, so filled with love and laughter and light at seeing the unicorn at one point. And she turns and look at, looks at Schmendrick and the narration is like, and she is more, she was more beautiful than the unicorn in that moment. And I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> so good. <laughs> I was like, Oh, Molly. <laughs> and he's so, he's so good at, um, describing characters in such an interesting way. 
Mm-hmm. Where's her dis- where, where, Where's his description of Schmendrick? Dang it. Hang on. La 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 la. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, yeah. It's in. Actually, I took a photo of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was it. Okay. So it is a combination of, of that description of Molly getting more beautiful and uh, of Schmendrick that I loved. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, because Schmendrick, we find out, is immortal. He was made immortal by his um, uh, teacher because his teacher saw, um, Nikos, saw in Schmendrick that he would be a great wizard, but that he was going to need like a lot of time to come <laughs> around to it. Um, and it says, okay, the land had grown leaner day by day. This is as they're traveling to King Haggard's castle to look for the Red Bull. Day by day as they traveled on, and the faces of the folk they met had grown bitter with the brown grass. But to the unicorn's eyes, Molly was becoming a softer country, full of pools and caves where old flowers came burning out of the ground. Under the dirt and indifference, she appeared only 37 or 38 years old. No older than Schmendrick, surely, despite the magician's birthdayless face. I fucking love that birthdayless birthday face. Because he just looks so young. Her rough hair bloomed, her skin quickened, and her voice was nearly as gentle to all things as it was when she spoke to the unicorn. The eyes would never be joyous any more than they could ever turn green or blue, but they too had wakened in the earth. Cool. And then Schmendrick it's is so like his his coat is getting more and more ragger, ragged. Um, says the rain that renewed Molly did not fall on him, and he seemed ever more parched and deserted, like the land itself. <laughs> the unicorn could not heal him. A touch of her horn could have brought him back from death, but over despair she had no power, nor over magic that had come and gone. He's just like so desperate to have control of magic. And then as soon as he gets control of magic, he oh becomes my this magnanimous, wise, kind person. <laughs> well, I also love like right when the magic is there, he's like, I am fucking killing it. Did you see that? I'm amazing. <laughs> I did all this amazing stuff. And it's right after he turns her like into a human. Oh, well, and- that's he has like a hold of the magic for a second. Mm-hmm. And he's still like a whiny, petty little bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, so yeah, funny. I love it. He's like, did you fucking see that? And he's like dancing around, like marching around. Yeah. And Molly's like, what did you do? And he's yeah. like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I can turn it back or whatever you want. Now I know you can just call and it back. He's like, not now, obviously. I can't turn it back. Uh, it'll, it'll I mean, come to me when I feel like it. Um, it was really funny. But I mean, like, when he truly becomes oh, a magician, yeah. when he's yeah. able to turn her back, yeah. he becomes, like, a totally, like, he's not petty. It's like, now that he has what he wants, he, like, realizes how pathetic he was. I don't know. He mm-hmm. just comes into himself, and then he's very cool, and I love him. Yeah. For a different reason. Yeah. Me too. Me too. It was just like really. Also, bless you, Peter S. Beagle, for correctly acknowledging that 37 or 38 is still young. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 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 um. Oh, this is another part that I understand why it isn't in the movie, but I loved what it added to the book, which was the village that was next mm-hmm. to King Haggard's. Uh, Hagsgate. Hagsgate. I loved Basically, that like silence is compliance, you know, that like these people. So basically, these people, um, their town is is like blessed, but like everything around it is like got cursed. 
and their um, good fortune rises with Haggard's good fortune, but Haggard is evil, but they also are too selfish. Like they're like, but what if like whoever, if, if someone were to destroy Haggard's castle, like we would be fucked and so we don't want that. But we also know that a child of Hagsgate is going to be the one to- uh, Bring it all down. To bring it down, yeah. And, and like, we don't want that to happen. We've done everything we could to not have children, except I did find a child and uh, I just left it in the woods. So, you know, it's fine. Turns out King took him in. That's Lear. Um, and, oh, and then at the end of the book, when Drin, the guy yes, you're talking we find about, out, he's like, oh, you were my son. I was like, so it's like, bitch, you, you lied. Mother fucker. And I like that he was like, huh, okay, bye. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love like, that. I am absolutely like, this is not, you are not getting the praise for this. And But then at the same time, he's like, but I played my part in the story. How am I to blame for having set in motion the events that eventually led to the happy ending? And it's like, oh, yeah, the Judas argument. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like- And there have like, been articles about how this is like a little bit of a um, Holocaust story or could be I mean, be I can see that. that. I can for sure see that where you're just like, well, like, what was I supposed to do? We like, uh, what was we I couldn't say anything. We would have been destroyed too. And it's like, mm, well, now you're mm. cursed. But if you all had said something, then there's more of you than them. Yeah. If you tie your fortunes in with a dictator. You're evil. You will fall with that dictator and mm -hmm. he will fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I, I thought that that added like a really cool de development, but I could also see not only for like time for the movie, but like I could also just see like an exec or something being like, let's not include this part, you know? Maybe. Like just being like, eh, it's, you know, it's compl it complicates things and like, like it's, it's so weird because it's like, I I totally agree with you and I love the Hagsgate part and I think it is like a vital part of the book and then at the same time I'd be like but it's sort of unnecessary <laughs> like well because the like thing is, is you can take that out but yeah like you could yeah. take that whole part out and save yourself a bunch of pages in a script and at a bunch of time, animation times anything with the message exactly which is like a very what well, adds a message rare thing like you don't take away from the core story by right. losing the scene. You just lose like like a separate. A separate thesis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame, yeah. but like, you know, movies are short. Yeah. It, it's Compared not fucking book. now where they make like 21 episodes of mm -hmm. shows that you're it's like, not a series. Why? <laughs> why? Why? Please, please make it be 10 because like I cannot stand anymore. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of The Servant. Listen, wished it was eight episodes. What's the servant? Oh, on Apple TV. Oh, it's I M watched next to nothing. I've watched Dickinson, and okay. that's about it. So it was on. Um, I mean, it's very like I feel like I could have made something like this. It's very like. Um, it's it's M Night Shyamalan. It's uh, yeah, yeah. So you already I have know heard that. Of this. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, this baby is a fake baby because it's like a, it's like a real, you know, <laughs> it it's like a fucking fake, fake ass baby. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, the ones that you get like re reborn doll. It's a reborn doll, and the the mom who is uh 
what is her name from Six Feet Under? The girl, Lauren, the, the red-haired one, Ambrose. Yeah, it's her, uh, and then her brother is Rupert Grant, and then and it's also unfortunately like an entirely British cast except for her uh, doing an American accent. So it's a lot mm. of people talking like this, mm. which is very <laughs> unfortunate. Um, but it's kind of you know like so then this uh, uh they hire her and her husband hire a, a nanny to like take care of this real no not a real doll that's a sex doll reborn <laughs> doll oh my god <laughs> i don't know what so a reborn bad. doll is i don't know that i've ever oh, heard that oh okay phrase. so a reborn doll is when someone um uh when their baby passes away oh. they'll get like a, a replica of of <gasps> baby <gasps> as a doll oh yeah. my god and so they can help people with their grieving but this is like she is pretending it is alive. No and, judgment, but I don't think that would help me. Yeah, I don't think it would help me either. Um, but to each their own. Yes. Um, and I mean, I, it's not helping this lady in this story because she's pretending <laughs> it's alive. So she hires this nanny. And then so then finally the husband it like is alone in a room with the nanny. And he's like, you don't have to pretend in front of me. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then you're like, what? <laughs> so like right like from there you're like ooh what the hell this is kind of interesting uh huh except the way that it unfolds is like you think it's like maybe that the nanny can do like witchcraft magic Fine. but then mm. it's like she can't and then you're like wait what I thought she could like it's a whole thing like because then you know the husband is like why are you pretending that the baby's real and then he starts hearing crying and he's like ooh. what. Yeah, and then he starts like kind of like following the nanny to be like, what's up with this nanny? Because like before that, the baby didn't fucking cry. And then he'll like, he would like, he was eating, he's a chef and he was eating some of the food that he was cooking and he starts coughing and just like splinters fucking come out of his throat. What? Yeah, and because he's like digging at her and she she's making these like little wooden dolls. So it's like the same splinters from the dolls that are coming out of his throat so you're like okay. oh she can fucking do magic right like uh -huh. that's obviously but then it, they just drop that and it's not about that it's, listen it's like 20 fucking episodes and it's like <laughs> why like six please or 10 what anyway there's a season 20? two out now I think, did you wait, just say 20 no maybe it was 10 episodes and they just renewed another 20 oh maybe <laughs> I was like I'm sorry. No season of anything not on network television is over okay, hold like on. Let me 12 see here. or 13. Let me see here. Oh, it had. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I got freaked out because they had done the go ahead for 20 more episodes. And I was like, oh, okay. no. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, that hold sounds on. Absolute like madness. No. Okay. So it was 10 episodes for the first season which i felt like it could have been six uh -huh. um and then season two yeah is 20 episodes no no i'm oh i see 10 more episodes it's 20 total okay still i think it should have been <laughs> six or eight because like the first four episodes i was like damn this show's pretty good i mean it has and weird acting like lost its way it it did, I think. Um, weren't, weren't. Oh, well. So that was our bit on the servant. Um, <laughs> uh, what, 
else? Oh, <clears throat> um, oh, the 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 oh, that, I was kind of getting at the the part that I really liked about um, the book. That I mean, we only got more of it because it's like written narration as opposed to like uh, the a movie that a movie. <laughs> can only show so much. Um, but I loved that it was like that she because she's different from all the other unicorns and she doesn't know what she's going to do anymore uh, because and she's like, maybe I'll just like roam the world. Um, because I've known love and I've known loss and like that makes me different from every other unicorn and unicorns don't like they just go to their glades and stay there. They don't like travel around. So I liked she's forever different because Schmendrick changed her into a woman to hide her from the Red Bull. And I love that that's like kind of also a commentary on like, you know, you're changed forever by people that touch your heart. And I, I just love that. Mm -hmm. I love that she retains a little bit of her humanity. Mm -hmm. And just the line at the end, and it always got me as a kid too, is is I'll I'll I'm different because no unicorn has ever known regret. But I yeah. do, I regret. Yeah. And it's like she knows that it couldn't have happened any other way, but she's she at the same time regrets having changed again mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that moment when she gets changed back into the unicorn and there's this like apparition of amalthea left over mm -hmm. like calling out for lear and the second lear turns to reach for her yeah she just like disappears also in the movie they don't have the unicorn touch him twice she only touches him to Heal That's him. a shame. Yeah, I which that. I thought that was, I thought that could have been really cute to just like touch his heart and like. Because he says that so pointedly to Lear. Yeah. After they have their dreams. <gasps> the dream thing. Yeah. Oh my God. So rather than like in the movie, the unicorn like literally comes back and says goodbye to Schmendrick, but not Molly or Lear. Mm -hmm. But in the book, she appears to each of them in a dream. And to Schmendrick, they have this whole conversation about like what she'll do now and what happened and how she has regrets now. And Molly won't share what happened in her dream. And Lear is so upset. Well, he keeps asking too. He's like, so like, uh, like what, what'd, what'd she did she uh, say? What'd she say? Or she's like, what'd she say to you guys? Because like, I know what she know. said to me, but like, what'd she say to you? <laughs> and then Schmendrick's like, ah, and he makes something up. Well, because the unicorn told him not to say anything, I think, yeah. didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's, and then Lear says, she appeared to me, but she didn't say anything. Yeah, she and said I was nothing. like, Lear, oh my Why, God. unicorn? What is she going to say? Was, yeah, what was she going to say? There's nothing she could. And then Schmendrick says to him, like, well, always, like, keep in mind that she touched you twice. One to heal you and one for you. The one for you part, I was like, oh. I was like, oh my God. So, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> so, the difference between Lear staying to be the new king in the movie versus the book is so funny. Because in the book, he like he doesn't want to stay. He wants to go with them. He wants to search for the unicorn again. He wants to live his life for the unicorn now, like we <laughs> talked about. And in the movie, he's like, 
Hello, goodbye. I've never had friends before. <laughs> you fucking sad sack. <laughs> I've never had any real friends. <laughs> uh, just a different kind of sadness. But a f- unfortunately, different. like a funnier sadness. No, it's Which funnier. I don't necessarily agree with. <laughs> um, I wanted to read this one other part just for writing's sake. Because it's lovely. Um, also, in this, in the book, um, King Haggard does have four other um, guards, mm-hmm. and they're all super old men. And they come oh, in yeah. and they love Molly and blah blah blah. So they come into the the um, the kitchen when she's cooking. Oh dang, where'd it go? Where did it go? Oh, oh come on, man. Do, 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 do. Okay. On page 100. La, la, la. So it's when they go to Hagsgate and they're talking to Drin and he's explaining everything. And, and uh, it says, Drin glowered him down and other men began to shout spitefully, but the magician quieted them all. Oh, and he's getting so drunk. It's so funny. Asking, what was the curse? Could it have anything to do with the Red Bull? The name rang coldly, even in the bright room, and Molly felt suddenly lonely. On an impulse, she added her own question, though it had nothing to do with the conversation. Have any of you ever seen a unicorn? It was then that she learned two things. The difference between silence and utter silence. And (laughs) that she had been right to ask that question. Yep. I love silence and utter silence. So good. Yep. Um, Oh, and then (laughs) another description of Schmendrick just being like so mad that molly is coming with them yeah i know he's like um, uh, oh here we go okay <laughs> so he's trying to dissuade her and schmendrick is always trying to be like such a hard ass and commanding he just can't do it he's not good at it schmendrick said coldly looking at the unicorn we must go molly agreed promptly Aye, before the men stumble on us and slit your throat for cheating them, the poor lads. She looked over her shoulder. I had some things I wanted to take, but they don't matter now. I'm ready. Schmendrick barred her way again as he stepped forward. You can't come with us. We are on a quest. His voice and eyes were as stern as he could make them, but he could feel his nose being bewildered. He had never been able to discipline his nose. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that part. It's so funny. He had never been able to discipline his nose. It's perfect. It's really perfect. He's just really good. He's just really good. I yeah. met Peter S. Beagle at a Comic-Con, I think, in 2012, and I got him to sign um, oh. a copy of uh, Last Unicorn graphic novel that they made. Oh, cool. Yeah. I got my pink share with him. I have somewhere, I need to find them, some animation cells from the movie. Oh, Cool. But I don't know where they are. <laughs> so that's sad for me. Um, oh, when we were at that Comic-Con, I think it might have been my first. Mike goes every year and has mm-hmm. ever since he moved to L.A. And I didn't start going, I think, until 2012. And even then, I think I've skipped a couple of years because it is so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, And he... So we're walking around and he's like trying to find something that will get me excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. No, everything's really cool. And then I saw the Peter S. Beagle last unicorn booth and I went, oh, my God. And I like ran over there. <laughs> he was like, oh, I guess we found it. 
There's something for everybody at a con. Mm-hmm. There really is. Um, I'm trying to see. Yeah, I'm not sure what more I have to say. It's just like so fucking good. It's so good. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, my God. This part made me misty. Okay, ready? So mm-hmm. this is talking about her running around being a unicorn at the end. <laughs> then she would run until... Or wait, this is... Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so this is when she's running, um, trying to find... This is before they find the Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just like running around and she's having like an existential crisis. Uh, and this is just her daily routine as they're like looking for the Red Bull and King Haggard. Then she would run until morning to ease the ache, swifter than rain, swift as loss, racing to catch up with the time when she had known nothing at all but the sweetness of being herself. Often then, between the rush of one breath and the reach of another, it came to her that Schmendrick and Molly were long dead, oh, and yes. King Haggard as well, and the Red Bull met and mastered. So long ago that the grandchildren of the stars had seen it all happen, were withering now, turning to coal and that she was still the only unicorn left in the world. I was like, unicorn? <laughs> yeah, she's she's so upset by their presence because she knows they're going to die one day. Mm-hmm. And it's like an immortal creature should never get emotionally involved with a mortal creature because of the guaranteed loss. Yeah. That's sort of the implication, although it's not explicitly said. It feels to me to be subtext. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, this this book is so beautiful. Um, and I think, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, that's uh, – go s- watch it. I, I believe – I had to rent it, I think. Uh, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but it was like three ninety nine. So, Huh? I think it is streaming somewhere. Or maybe I, maybe I didn't str- – maybe I didn't rent it. I can't remember. I've been watching a lot of movies. Uh, <laughs> not a lot of movies, but more than I've been watching. I don't really watch – um, it's streaming if you have Prime. If you have oh, Amazon. yes, that's what it was. I watched it on Prime. Oh, no, no, but you have to, you have to still rent it, I think. Because I have Prime. Oh, yeah, it's, um. So if you click they don't on say it, this, it's like, rent it. If you just it. do a Google search, it's, you can watch with Shout Factory TV if you yeah. do a seven-day free trial. I did not do that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, you have to have a subscription on top of the Prime subscription. Um, yeah, which is very annoying. Yeah, um, very annoying. or you could own it on Blu-ray, like I do. Yeah, yeah. If it's g- if you're gonna have to rent it, you may as well buy it. This to me is another nearly perfect adaptation. Really good adaptation, like truly. Um, I I really love it. I mean, there are certain things Except which are for just the like, fact that they let Mia Farrow sing. Right. Yeah. Why the Mia Farrow singing part? Mia is Farrow a little and bit- Jeff Bridges singing. Mm-mm. There's something truly interesting about like a very sleepy Jeff Bridges singing. <laughs> <laughs> and like there's a part where he has to do like an octave jump. And I was like so nervous <laughs> as though for him. Did you say something like as though he was going to like have to jump off a bridge or was I thinking that? I think you were thinking that <laughs> because it was truly like like he, he goes like, oh, uh, like he goes like above it and then below it and then hits it and i'm like why we could it <laughs> just was that singer. the only take like, that we have have had me sing this song for for the unicorn like what are you doing and yeah. they, i found on youtube they the 
Because Mia Farrow sings the unicorns or Amalthea's at that point solo mm-hmm. about like, it, now that I'm a woman. Now that I'm a woman, <laughs> everything has changed. changed. Everything. And then at that part, I'm like, no, has Mia. Changed. You're like, why did they do this? And then in the duet, or like Jeff Bridges' Lear song to Amalthea, she joins in at some point for a duet, and it's this fucking golden beautiful silvery bell of a voice and you're like where was this bitch earlier this bitch was and it uh, turns out this bitch did record now that i'm a woman and for some reason they still used mia farrow why i mean you can find it on youtube it's so much better i think it's it's really good you'll see it it's in german not i also the the duet i feel like there's just only so much heavy lifting (laughs) that she can do because there are parts where I was like I do not know what notes are supposed to be happening at this time like it is truly now I know the way and and it's like like okay you just go and I'll okay you go and then I'll I'll try and And harmonize with you in that way or I'll follow you how about okay Okay, so we okay let's let's both sing it and try to follow Mm -hmm. each other okay Okay, we'll play follow the follower Okay. okay. What you what go, words are you gonna sing? Oh, I was gonna sing. Um, so it's like um, what, once when I was searching. So that's that's your part, right? Okay. Okay. okay so then I'll go. Okay. So I'm wait, sorry. I'm gonna I say- meant you go, and then okay. So I'll take you because we'll you're the singer. I'm I'm Jeff Bridges. I will follow you, or should okay. I go because I'm not gonna know where to meet okay, up wait, with you. I mm-hmm. think it'll be the best if we just go at the same time and see. Uh. What happens? <laughs> oh, wing it. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Once when, when I, w- I was searching. How do I? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> well, it's it's already well, recorded. You know what? We can't so, do another take. Rankin and Bass has pulled the plug on the money. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it does just feel like truly every note is an adventure for everybody involved. Like. <laughs> They're just like, where are we going? <laughs> uh, very funny. Man, the person that left a bad review about our singing must hate The Last Unicorn. You know what? They can um, go fuck off because I never said I was a good singer. And <laughs> I don't know why they're acting like I needed to be told. <sighs> we mentioned the re- the terrible review on Twitter and on a Patreon episode. I'm not going to give it any more fucking no, oxygen. No, 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 no. Anyway, no, no. sometimes we sing. I never think it's good. It's fine. Fuck you. Listen, we don't think that it sounds good. Like we're just doing silly little songs. Yeah, sometimes people sing for fun, even though they're not <laughs> professionals. I don't know if you've heard of this. Sometimes okay, so there's this thing. Fun. Um, it's mm. sort of like I'm. You couldn't really say that it originated in Japan per se, but so it's okay. called karaoke, mm-hmm. or perhaps it is pronounced karaoke. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you get together with your friends. Um, you're either in like a bar setting mm-hmm. or like a private room. And what it is is you get a mic and there's a a backing track mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. and you can and it's popular songs. Sometimes musical theater, depending on the karaoke establishment that you are going to. And you sing, they put the lyrics up on a screen and you follow and you sing for your friends. And it's um, a good time. 
Mm-hmm. It's just like fun. You can do it for like birthdays or you can just do it like fun Saturday night activities. Sometimes mm-hmm. there are like probably contests. And uh, the best part about karaoke is that you don't have to be a professional and everybody will just like cheer you on because um, that's what like being a compassionate human being is like. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. So there's like even a whole, I would say uh, perhaps pastime. Mm. of people singing and not having to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. So reviewer who's apparently, you know, been with us for such a long time, ever since the days of my favorite murder, I guess I would just say look up karaoke, see if it's for you, or quit being such a fucking cunt and get the fuck off our <laughs> podcast. Because truly I well, – and it's – um, you can like even just sing – in your house, you know, like walking oh, around. Yeah, like in the shower. Did you know you can Sometimes do that? people sing in the shower. The shower, like you can like sing singing's a little singing for songs. you. And it's yeah. typically free, which is great. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. all right, so there's this thing that like music, mm-hmm. music, like look into it. It tends to make right, people right. happy. Yeah. You know what? Um, You know what makes me like an absolute psychopath? What? <laughs> that I don't listen to music in the car. I just listen to nothing. <laughs> yeah i'm just like yeah i just like i'm depressed so i I just sit in silence like i sure a moment for you sure i mean a lot of times it's just me like just completely broken down and like nothing like this so it's usually broken down uh, to your component parts and just like sitting okay yeah just sitting and and driving in complete silence um and and like (laughs) sometimes if i'm driving and mike is in the car he'll be like And I'm like, I don't want to listen to me. Absolute <laughs> like, psychopath. It's, it's not that I like, like sometimes I do like to, if I'm in a good mood, I'll like be like, oh, I feel like listening to music. But a lot of times I'm just very unhappy. And so I like don't want to listen. I don't know what it is. Like, and I will literally be like, I don't feel like listening to music. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Not even like a podcast. Sometimes I listen to a podcast, but sometimes it's just silence. I mean, if that's how you want to live your life. Things are really dark for me right now. I <laughs> I download. So I know things are like really dark when I start playing a lot more mobile games. And I just downloaded this game. Oh, Lindsay, Uh-oh. I'm like so embarrassed to share it. It's called Dress Up Time Princess. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I'm sorry. <laughs> I played it like all day yesterday. <laughs> My screen time was like eight hours and I was like just playing this game and it's like um, um it's like a mix of like dress up game um like romance visual novel it's like a mix of those two types of games but like sure. truly I'm not well because I was playing it a lot uh and uh I can't say that it brings me joy. So anyway, if you're in a really dark place, uh, I- yeah, sorry, I've, I, I've I've been muted a little more than I would be otherwise, but I am listening because Edwin is barking at a fucking delivery again. <laughs> so anyway, if you're looking for a game um, and you're feeling really depressed, try dress up time, dress up time, princess, breast nut, breast up time, princess. Do <laughs> everything has <laughs> changed. Um, everything. 
That's exactly what Mia Farrow sounds like. I'm sorry. That's yes. not me singing. That's my impression of Mia Farrow singing. I have done this impression many times over the last close to five years we've been doing this podcast. Yes. Um, so also know. just her. I do love her acting choice for the um, for the voice of the unicorn. Oh, my God. Being As the like unicorn. This. She's great. I love. Yeah. I love the choice. Acting. But singing. It didn't have to be her. I know mm. for a fact that you've recorded this other woman. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is the question? And they do that for Disney movies all the time. So really, I don't see why she. Yeah, it's like it. It makes me. I suspect this was Mia Farrow's doing. Like she, yeah, that she wanted to sing. on her yeah. recording being in it, and then it was just like so bad with the Jeff Bridges song yeah. that they used the other woman. Yeah, I think yeah, that, that they woman. were like. Okay, alone, we can, you know, I think that once, if, if you are not a good singer and you throw in having to do harmonies with someone else who is not a good singer, um, things real, shit really hits the wall pretty quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and too much. So, too yeah, much. yeah, too much. Yeah, but, but it is a really beautiful movie. I think it's a wonderful yes. adaptation of, the, of a very beautiful book. God, the book is so good. You guys have to read it. It's so, so, so good. I'm like, sorry. We I are on a, a bunch of dice. with fantasy February. I must say. These I must are say. So good. What? So, so, so good. <sighs> Soothing balm in a world, yes. in a troubled world. Yes. And it's like you were saying, like, I like dark things. And this is like somehow these two books have been uplifting and yet painful. Yeah, well, and and also because they are earnest without being saccharine mm-hmm. and cheesy, like, and I feel like I don't know if Peter Beagle is British. He is not. Interesting, mm-hmm. because it ha- it has he that comes, kind of he's because um, you know how that like British earnestness that's like not yeah. cheesy, but it's like so heart touching. <laughs> also, I I I totally see why you might wonder if he's British because it is a very like British kind of wit yeah it's dry um but he i think he's from brooklyn he comes from a family of at least at the time very famous jewish artists oh cool which is why people suspect it um it's like a bit of a holocaust well i mean even before even before knowing his like personal connection like i suspected it was at least with the fucking people the hags uh what is it hagsgate the hagsgate town of like uh like, people that are just searching for her people yeah yeah and like mm-hmm. being rounded up by like this bull that's in charge like either in charge of or being in controlled by uh the um king haggard oh also um the thing that i loved uh, the bull is very scary Mm-hmm. very very scary scary in the movies and also very scary in the book mm-hmm. um and in the book i loved the detail of what makes this bull so scary is that the bull doesn't have any feelings about you the bull doesn't hate you the mm-hmm. bull is just going to like is ordered to and therefore will like he's just uh he's working a job yeah and it kind of reminds but like that kind of like just unstoppable force, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. unstoppable force of 
of pushing and pushing and pushing and, and, and being so huge. The bull is huge, huge, huge. It's, it's a very like, um, it reminds me of like, um, like villains that are very scary, like Galactus or like even weirdly, um, I'm going to say, uh, Jason, Jason Voorhees, which is just this, oh, just like, that keeps coming, just totally keeps coming relentless. and coming relentless and just, and not fast, not any, just coming for you, coming for you. And I loved too, right? That like the people of Hagshead or what, what the fuck is this place? Hagsgate. <laughs> Hagsgate. Jesus fucking Christ. It's people of Hagsgate, right? Where they're like, oh, well, like we couldn't, what were we supposed to do? Stand up to him? All that it took for the Red Bull to be stopped was for the unicorn to turn around and fight him because he is not engineered to kill. He is engineered He's not engineered to fight. He's engineered to herd. Yeah. He and was so just like there to drive them into the sea. Yes. And so and that's how Lear fulfills his part in the story as a hero is he stands up to the bull. He gets trampled and, and the unicorn in she avenges him by then turning on the bull. And and none of the unicorns had done that before. Mm hmm. And because so, he just like seems that, like such a force, like you were saying, yeah. And that right there, right, like that right there, disproves the defense of Hagsgate, right? Like them being like, "Well, what were we supposed to do?" It's like all it takes is this, like, for the unicorn, it was blind rage, but like bravery in the face of something that does the thing that seeks to destroy you operates on the assumption that you think you cannot survive. Mm -hmm. And so if you stand up to them, it's like, oh, you've taken away their reality. Well, I would say which the is only there's a slight um, difference. It's not, I mean, it is part, they, they call the Hagsgate residents on not helping the unicorns, but the curse originated from the witch who wasn't getting paid. So well, that like was the, the other thing is that they didn't the stand castle. up for her. They didn't stand up for the witch not getting paid. And then she cursed them to be forever tied with King Haggard's fortunes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I on mean, top but, of that, they didn't stand up for the unicorns. Just Well, also, but like, I mean, they, they should have stood up for the witch, first of all. Yes. Because she wasn't getting paid. Yeah. And then they were like, well, what were we supposed to do? Um, also, like, if we do anything to Haggard, like the like the bull like because they do reference the bull and they're like well we can't stand up to like he has the bull we'll die yeah um which it, it just you know i i loved i really loved this story it was it was you know allegorical without being didactic yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah it was great loved yep. it really loved really it. good mm -hmm. it's i would i consider this a must read absolutely must read mm -hmm. um so check it out, read it, watch the movie. Um, thank you so much, everybody, uh, for listening. We really, really appreciate you. Yes. Um, extra special thank you to our Patreon listeners. Um, Y'all are keeping us alive right now. We've got a lot of fun content on there. www. Wow, why am I saying that part? <laughs> Patreon.com slash Teen Creeps. You know, sometimes that was weird. we default to the early 2000s. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> www. Uh, and an extra, extra special thank you to our Patreon producers. Thank you, Amanda Nangle. Ann Dwyer. Ashley Fritz. 
Ryan Petty II. Claire Moore. Courtney McPhail. Daniela Mana. Danny. Emily Pooley. Emma. Emma Murray. Gabriela Santiago. Gianna Fernandez. Grace Armstrong. Jeremy Cronk. Jessica Smith-Harper. Jonathan Venable. Jordan Colwick. Karen Lewis. Kat Miller. Katie Lilly. Katie Olsner. Kelly Burns. Chris Jarina. Landry Desmond. Laura Hooper. Lonnie Martin. Luke Bartek. Mandalay Wolschlager. Marcy Raquel Blackwell. Marco Pavlicich. Melody. Megan Lozier. Micah Yunus. Miguel Camacho. Miranda Hester. Molly Marks. Oscar Gallegos. Randy Klett. Rashad Black. Rogue Kalahua. Sersha Descaro. Sarah. Sarah Jaggers. Sarah Nichelle. Sarah Wallen. Sasha Gibson. Sydney Bollinger. Tristan Buckner. Victoria Beck. Victoria Gray. Victoria Valdez. And Wendy Bartos. Thank you so much. Uh, We really appreciate you. If you are a Patreon subscriber um, and you haven't gotten your stickers, um, just go into your Patreon and double check that your address is there because I noticed that a lot of you guys um, don't have your addresses there. uh, So that's why I have not been able to send that stuff out. Um, And if it is there and you haven't gotten it yet, just check your, keep your eyes on your mailbox. But just a reminder to make sure that that stuff's updated so that way we can get you your goodies. Good call. Um, Something I was going to say, I guess I forgot. Oh, we are doing a fun (laughs) new variation on our mini-sodes because uh, if you guys are unaware, on our Patreon, we have um, at the $1 level, um, just thank you. At the $5 level, Mm -hmm. you get two um, public domain theaters a month and you get um, two to three minisodes depending on how many uh weeks are in a month um Mm -hmm. and for our minisodes we uh do like some fun quizzes and we've started incorporating just like pop culture controversy chats Mm -hmm. like we talked about yeah so we did army hammer ilaria baldwin um the pharma bro and the journalist um Mm -hmm. And then we talked about uh, we're going to be recording an episode talking about the Britney Spears documentary episode of that. Um, oh, my God. If you guys have not watched it, watch yes. it. Framing um, Britney Spears. Is that what Yeah, Framing Britney Spears. It's a New York Times Presents. It's episode six uh, on Hulu. Um, just like watch it. It's like it's such we a. We did her dirty. Yeah. We hurt her. Like the public hurt her. Um, and it's just a great. Um, it brings up a lot of questions about like mental health and conservatorship and also just like how cruel everybody was in the early 2000s. Um, 90s too. It's like. Um, yeah. Um, Lorena Babbitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica Lewinsky. Britney Spears. We totally burned Janet Jackson for no reason. Like mm-hmm. what the fuck man. I mean Lindsay once you watch this some of this like interview footage with Britney Spears is I got I started crying with her. Like. <laughs> Like, it's just, like, the meanest shit, like, them being, like, okay, here's this footage of someone, like, saying something terrible about you. What do you have to say? Ugh. And then she's just, like, crying. It's awful. Eesh. It's awful. The shit that we did to her is so – we fucking built her up. We loved Idolized her. Down. And then when she became too powerful, we fucking were, like, you're too powerful and we can't wait to see you get fucking destroyed. It was awful. Yeah, we just love people falling. Or, like, Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan. That was like really mean. I mean, it's just Amanda Bynes. Oh yes, Amanda Bynes. Yes, it was an ugly, ugly time to be like a teen star having a mental break. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what we're going to do for yeah, our so next we're talking minisode. about that on the next minisode. If that's mm-hmm. the kind of content you're interested in. And then at the $8 and above level you get, on top of that, you get uh, one episode a month where we cover a book outside of the teen creeps genre. Um, everybody who is subscribed at $8 and above, you are automatically entered in a raffle to choose the book for that month. Mm-hmm. And the last one we read was A Cozy Mystery. That we Rita loved. May Brown and Sneaky Pie Brown, chose by listener Ingrid. And it was delightful. It was so good. Honestly. Wish you were here. Wish you were here. That was like literally the conceit of that book is that a cat writes it. Yep. And Honestly, we love it. Yep. So <laughs> so check that out, patreon.com slash teencrease. we got a lot of really mm-hmm. cool stuff on there. And you get stickers in the mail, which is mm-hmm. why you should update your address, please. And, if you and then $15. Yeah. And then at $15 level, you get all those things, and we obviously give you a shout-out on the podcast. Um, yeah. And that's why you're called our Patreon producers, because of that level of giving. Um, and if you can't afford to give, which totally understandable – uh, I've been out of work for almost a year. Um, you can support the podcast by telling people about it, tweeting about it, posting about it on whatever other social media platform you use. And um, you can leave us a five star review. Yeah, got it. Got to really, I guess we us. have to to let you guys know. Five um, stars is the only thing that helps us, guys. We don't need your. I was going to say just tweet at us your criticism. I truly don't care. If you don't like the podcast, stop listening to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we don't need your ire. No, yeah. If you don't like something that's then free, it's you not can, for you. You can you can stop listening. <laughs> it's, it's very easy. If you don't like us, no one's making you listen to yeah. us. Anyway, I want to end on a positive note. So thank you to all of our listeners. We really, really appreciate you. And thank you to our Patreon subscribers. We really, really appreciate you as well. Yeah. And Lindsay, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate doing this show is so is like such a beacon of light um, in a really dark time. Yeah. Definitely a highlight of my life. <laughs> Truly. Like that <laughs> sounded really life. like hyperbolic and I was going to say weak and then I went, you know what? Life. No, same, same, same. I just don't want to sound like a fucking simp. <laughs> you know what? I, I simp for my friends. No, I do too. I, I simp for my friends. I friend. simp for my friends and my project. <laughs> yeah, so even when we hate the book, we you guys should know that we adore doing the podcast and we're yeah. just very um, appreciative that anybody else cares to listen. Yeah, and even when we're accidentally reading fucking Herotica that you guys suggest for us to cover on Public Domain <laughs> Theater... Who did that? Who did that? That story was so funny. <laughs> it's been a real delight picking public domain theater back up. I think we've been doing it yeah. since last September. We decided to yeah. resurrect it for a couple um slightly shorter eps a month and we don't we haven't had guests. I suppose we might in the future, but we haven't yet and it's been Such a just delight. as fun as it ever was. Especially cuz some of y'all those wild card <laughs> suggestions <laughs> I, or like, okay. I'm fairly sure we just read a story that we had done before. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> the Both of during the reading, we were like, have we done this before? And I then know. a listener was like, have you guys done this before? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we may have, but it was. We may have. You know what? If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. <laughs> <laughs> Must see TV Thursdays on NBC. Must see. Um, um, 
yeah, that's that's all. That's all for this episode. Love the book. Please read it. And next week we are covering The Princess Bride, which our listener who said it was like fat shaming and racist uh, tweeted at us again to let us know that it seems like that was just the intro and the story itself has been blessedly free. Uh, I have read the whole thing. Um, It comes back once towards the end. Okay. But the story itself is not that way. There's just like a part where I was like, "Mm." Shame. You don't have to use a racial slur. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. All um, right. Well, you know So what? there's that. Older books are older books. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you anyway, go. I'm still looking forward to reading it. Not looking forward to that part of it, but um, great story if I remember. Have you watched the movie yet? No. I don't know why I screamed. No, no. I have not. I, it was just more like a spirited answer. I wouldn't say you screamed. <laughs> Thank you. It was a spirited reply. Uh, no. So I'm curious to see if you like like our white ass movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I liked the white ass book aside from certain racismo, but <laughs> racismo. I, I I I felt like it was I I enjoyed reading it, so good. I think I would enjoy the movie. Yeah. I don't think Although it's... apparently it's like very different. Is it? That's what People say so. I don't know. I don't. You t- I, I, I'll, I'll see. I'll watch the movie and see how I feel. Yeah, because the okay. listener who said it was kind of fat shaming um also said that like the the story itself basically plays out like the screenplay. Yeah, I wonder if it's just the like Peter Falk parts that are different. I think so. Um. Oh, also, anyway. you guys um uh suggest to us uh make some suggestions for our final uh, fantasy February story because yeah. uh, we don't know what we're gonna cover yet. Uh, and we're going to review like a bigger title, something that um, is sort of like a, a 70s, 80s, 90s nostalgia grab. Just and um, the theme. not super long. I know it's fantasy, oh, yeah. but like, we, let's keep it kind of, you know, realistic. We're sorry. We don't we don't have time. We devote a lot of time to the podcast, but we can't read a 30 hour long book. No, like oh, literally, I don't have that time no i don't either beforehand i will to read that possibly die we're recording the patreon episodes we're reading a book for the patreon where i just did somebody else's podcast where i had to read a book people love inviting us on podcasts where we have to read a book mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and um other stuff i'm so sorry i would love to read miss of avalon oh except i wouldn't because apparently the author is a fucking is a molester molester pedophile yeah, we found no, no, out. no, 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 Never just mind. found out. Don't feel bad you know anymore. Bullet dodged. I am, you know, Oof. aren't you so fucking happy you didn't devote 30 fucking hours to reading God, that book and yes. then find out it's a fucking Chimo? My God. Chimo Oof. means child molester, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I absolutely did not know what you meant by that. And I was like, I don't, I'm just going to act like I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I only, Micah says that a lot. He'll call like, <laughs> We'll just watch a lot of like forensic files and he'll be like, that guy looks like a chimo. <laughs> <laughs> he always just like criticizes me for a god awful cursed thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, or he'll be like, um, <laughs> sometimes people with just like really bad hair will show up and he'll just be like, bangs. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, 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 can I tell you something really quick? Yes. 
before we go. This will be a funny thing. Okay. So we were watching. Have you seen Only the documentary? It's funny. It is funny. It's funny. Okay. It's cute. Uh, so I was watching this documentary called Jasper Mall. Have you seen it? No, but that sounds familiar. I think you would like it. Um, it is about a dying mall called Jasper <gasps> Mall. I have heard of this. Yes. And yes, I bet I would. Yeah, it's great. It's a little depressing, of course. Sure. Um, but it's like a mall that has not really changed since like 1995. Um, and it's just, you know, stores are leaving and it's like the only stores in there are like a sporting goods store and then like a florist called mm. Robin's Nest um, and like a couple other things. And then there's like the guy that is like the janitor slash security guard mm. and there's like only one guy that does that and so it's like you know it's following the people that work and attend this mall mm -hmm. and it's also mostly just like old people that come to the mall to hang out right but there's this one old guy he sees he sees the camera he gets all excited so he comes over and he's like i, I got a joke for you and they're also very southern and he, he's like he's like I, I, got, I got a joke and he keeps looking at the camera like uh, uh. uh and he goes <laughs> He goes, oh, so, uh, so, uh, uh, kid, uh, teacher says, uh, who, who was the first man on earth? And, uh, and, and the guy says, uh, oh, uh, uh, horse, horse cart rat. And the teacher <laughs> says, no, it's Adam. And he goes, oh, I knew it was one of them cart rights. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, that's a really good joke. It's really fucking funny. And you can, it is only funny if you're Southern. Like, if you say it in a Southern accent. I know it's one of them Cartwrights. Like, come on, Adam Cartwright is the first man. Like, that's so fucking funny. Or he thought that the first one was Horace Cartwright. Like, so good. What a delightful joke. So funny. So I'll leave you with that. What a good ending to this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And one that we all suck. People were like, oh, last unicorn episode? Well, they're probably going to do that Cartwright joke. But that, like I'll that, still enjoy it, even though I see it coming from a million that miles away. Southern that southern, that southern street joke. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right, mm -hmm. thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. Wear a mask. Get your vaccine as soon as you are eligible, and keep it creepy. Forever dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by dog. Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.